One of the things with um, consistency is it can be so consistent that you are married to the consistency and not the Spirit of God. And there's, there's wonderful things that have been happening because the Lord is, as far as I can see, has closed the door and made it clear to us that uh, this world isn't our home. And uh, we're feeling more and more clarity about that, but we're also habituated to what we see with the eyes and the aspect of living in the spirit is something we have to ask for. It doesn't, it doesn't happen because we should. But, and I keep repeating this, but the, the major issue for us and, and the church, uh, and we have, we're a part of it too, that we, we, we become born again. We have the baptism and the, we speak in tongues, there's visions. And, and the Lord does some wonderful things which we've all seen and appreciate. Yes. But the, the emphasis uh, for growth uh, is, hasn't really landed in the church worldwide. It's, uh, it's an information thing and, and all of us are glutted. We're information gluttons because we've heard it and until we walk in. I just want to read something that stirred me a little bit the other day uh, for us to think about it. And when you come, uh, I used to say that you'd be, up, be better off to stay home if you don't come believing that God has something for you. And uh, maybe, I, you know, and it's good for all of us. I, I've preached that and showed up sometime with no particular uh, faith of something specific but God can speak to you tonight yes. and he just might do that but uh, I'm going to read uh, what what is very difficult and what we have to absolutely agonize uh, to Father God and ask him to concrete and stabilize us in the knowing that everything of God's intention will be Christ. And when we were born again, we, came, we became young Christ growing babies in the early stages. And, and the, the information glut and all the knowledge makes you feel good. I sit sometimes and somebody says something and I'll write it down and, and come home and say, boy, that was really wonderful. And, was it that I wrote down and it ends up on the aisles of my Bible and not in my heart and until we ask God until we ask him daily and go before him we're really not Christians we're we're just uh, we've landed and have been somewhat happy we may be Christians but we're not going to grow here it is I'm crucified with Christ. And you, you and I could quote it. Nevertheless, I live. And the yet not I is the central issue for your everyday and for mine. That we stand up 
we go, we ask. But it's not about us. It's not about, we're, we're the new, it is about us in the sense that we're dependent. And when Jesus, everything that Jesus said had to do with dependency, total dependency on the Father. And that's, that be, can come kind of foggy if you don't ask God to clear it up. And he will, but, uh, the, you know, I, I can read uh, T. Austin or any little Bible thing in the morning. But if I think uh, I, instead of Christ, then I, I've got a problem. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live. And this, this should be something that we say, please God, help me to understand the life I now live is that I'm in Christ and I'm depending on you. And I'm crucified to this world, and I, and, and um, <laughs> there's a line about those who, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Well, because this is ongoing, uh, <laughs> you 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 can say yes, that is there for you as a promise, and God will stay with you if you'll stay with Him. But the issue, <laughs> the issue is, we're we're not fully. Uh, crucified to this life. You know, and, and those who, if there's anybody here that wants to argue about that, just come right up and bless us and we'll, we'll stand here all day long uh, and take the power. But we, we, are, we are still totally furnished to do this. And he's not going to stop loving you. He's not going to uh, change the imputed promise that he's made. So as we go before him, um, God give us a thankful heart. I, I, I preached about how unthankful I was and then I thought I was getting thankful and I found out there were still some holes in my boat as far as being thankful for it. Well, I can't be thankful for that. You know, well, sorry. It's the will of God for you to be thankful whatever comes. God help us. Lord, uh, we're here again. Uh, we don't want this to be just some human habit. We ask you to infuse us and touch us tonight that, that as we praise you, Lord, we would cut a hole in the canopy by the, the desire and the openness of our hearts to you. And we break the theater in us, break that which is uh, pretense and uh, would look for appearance and not in heart for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's go. From the
hopefully we take advantage of uh, opportunities when we gather in the presence of God to, uh, to talk to him and allow him to speak to our hearts. You never know. We, we may not always have this opportunity. So make good on it <clears throat> while it lasts, right? I shared a little, uh, some yesterday, and I'm, this is I'm kind of was trying to condense stuff. And I was talking about um, moving forward in trust, and that's that's still the theme. I'll I'll, I'll just refresh a moment here, but um, I guess I'll, I'll state the overarching uh, thing on my heart is for us to know that we serve a faithful God. He is absolutely faithful. You can count on it. You can. It's money in the bank. And if we're willing to, to go with him fully, and you know what that means. I don't. I know what it means for me, perhaps, in the areas where the Holy Spirit is... Uh, Pressing for uh, a greater surrender. You know what? What the stopper is largely is is mistrust. Uh, and it, you know, it's thinking about our kids. How important it is to to work with them uh, in areas where they are mistrusting. I guess, and they you don't know why they come out. We all all have areas. You, know, you may be afraid of something, and that I would look at and think that's just ridiculous. I have all confidence there. So we don't, we don't know how these kids come out, but it's important to, to work with our children to, to develop a trust in the father and the mother because that's translated to Father God. Because if we're stopped in a relationship, I believe it really comes down to, uh, to mistrust in, in ways, some, some area of mistrust. There, there's probably more to it. For, uh, serves the point that I'm making here tonight. That trust is an essential ingredient if our relationship with God is to grow. And I, I have to say, uh, it's all about growth, right? This is, I read this yesterday, because there's a need really to, uh, on our part, so, so much of this relationship is coming from God. And so little, in a way, comes from us. I mean, I had that all mixed up. For the longest time, I was laboring under the illusion that, that something I had to perform, something I had to do. And the greatest work, again, is, is on my part, knowing that the heavier weight of, the, of this relationship is on him and what he's already supplied. It is for me really to trust and, and, and really to, to yield, to yield my heart fully. That's what we said, how many years back did you make your commitment with God? And I think there's, there is a need for a renewal. I was thinking about that. To keep that current. Um, that every day there is a need for me to, once again, Lord, I'm offering. I did it then, I'm offering myself now. In Psalm 37, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Dwell in the land and feed. And in the, in the New King James, I like the translation, it says, cultivate, cultivate his faithfulness. You have to cultivate. There's something, cultivate. I mean, there's things that just grow automatically. But in, in the area of trust, 
in reliance upon God, it, it takes a cultivation of the heart. The weeds come up. The weeds of unbelief come up. The weeds of fear come up. The weeds of doubt, they just spring up. Do they take any cultivation? But, but when it comes to really growing in trust, it takes, I would submit, a, culti a cultivating. And our trust grows in as much as any time I, I go with God fully in a situation or a circumstance where there's uncertainty that I, I allow him and I give place to the, to the Lord and go with him fully. That's, that's really what I mean, cultivating um, faithfulness. Because he is longing. You know, he, he is longing, I believe, in his heart. Yeah. I'll just read this. This is in my other notes, but it, it's... Um, he's longing to be compassionate. Compassionate. Um, uh, anyone know where that is? Uh, here it is, I get it. Therefore the, long, the Lord longs. And I believe this is the heart of God. That He's longing to demonstrate His faithfulness. He's longing to demonstrate His love and His compassion. It's all there to, 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 for a people that will, that will trust Him. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God. Blessed are all who wait on Him. And can I say, if and when we trust Him and cultivate that faithfulness, if we'll go with Him, if we'll stay in the test, wherever He has us, what circumstances that He's dealing with us, that He will personally, and I'm not making a guarantee, but I really believe that in some specific way, He'll make it general, that He will demonstrate personally His faithfulness. If you and I will continue to trust him. He's taken us through the paces and events of circumstances, I believe, that are designed to build trust. Right? A relationship of, of trust. I mean, you, you, you can be married, but if you, if you don't have a relationship of trust, what do you have, right? I mean, you can have a, a friendship, solid friendship, it, it's it's got to be based on trust. I mean, I I have a lot of friends, you know. I thinking about this at times, but but I know there there are those that would that have my back. You know, like they would they would take a hit for me. Like that's that's where we're growing in Christ as a as a people, where we would not think for ourselves. I mean, that's what I did when I got bit by a bat. I was. Let me take the hit for a lady, and I got bit, right? But, but that's where we're headed. Once again, Batman. Um, I got bit by a bat in Pennsylvania, for those that are visiting that, that may not know. I made a heroic effort to save a lady that was my former Bible school teacher. And in the process, I, uh, I got bit. Anyway, but, but those friendships that we have, you you know sometimes it doesn't you don't think, you don't have many you know like as close as we are like people that you really can open up with and you know you can talk to them and 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 they they will filter what you say they're not going to go and banter it about maybe or uncover and they will speak faithfully back to you 
Those friendships are based on trust. Where you have been through thick and thin with somebody, you, you don't just all of a sudden start trusting somebody. It's, it's, it's a process. And it has to grow. And that's the same way with our relationship of trust with God. He's putting us through events and circumstances and paces that are designed to grow trust. And those things, what they do, those areas really will reveal any area of mistrust. I mean, you can see it in people's eyes when, when you say something and there's, there's a mistrust. Like, they don't, can I trust what you're saying? Are you telling me that, are you going to really be good to your word, for your word? You know, I can, I'm, you can discern that, right? When, when people are, are trusting or when their eyes say there's mistrust there. But only the Holy Spirit really can reach the areas where there's, there's deep-seated fears and mistrust. And I, I, like, you don't know they exist until all of a sudden you're faced with something where God is drawing you and you, you have opposition and you're suspicious and you may be unwilling. And, and God's trying to get to those areas where we said, I will... Do you have any area where you said, I will, I will not go there again? Can I, can I submit to you that you, you hold that before God? And, and you, you can't create something to bring that about, to bring deliverance in those areas, but at least when there's opportunity that, that you check yourself before you first and I first say, nope, I've been there and I've done that, I've gotten burnt or whatever, I'm not gone there. I wonder how many of us really uh, walk in a relationship where we hedge our bets. I was thinking about this, where, where we, when it comes to God and stepping out, and I use that word, and I don't mean like just you step out in something you think you should do. But I mean something that, that, that God has been talking to you about or something drawing you into that, that appears to be risk, have risk involved. I, I, I'm, I found myself adverse to risk. Like, mm. and in other in, in some areas where I should probably be more adverse, I'm, I'm casual. It's like, and I'm trying to get that back in balance. But I know, I know when it comes to stepping out, it takes, it takes trust. And I've noticed something about us as a people that the more we accumulate, the harder it is to step out at times. And I mean, because uh, stepping out means, stepping out with God in an area means leaving something. You don't, most of you step away from something to end up where you are presently. I mean, I remember when these guys came in, in your in-laws. To me, it's like, this is a big leap, or even these folks back here from Mexico. I mean, you, when you step out, it means you are parting ways with something. And that's, that can be an uneasy, uncertain feeling. You leave something behind. But you'll never experience God's faithfulness until and unless really we're willing to to go all the way with him and trust him um, and trust him with all that we are all of our possessions right is, is there anything still in your heart that's off limits to God that would be a hindrance from you going all in let's say and really trusting him to take take care of you and to get to that place 
of where you really are willing to, to step out, it, it, it does involve an aspect of suffering. And, and an aspect of any time you have to, to, to turn from something to something that you think is better, it involves an aspect of, of dying. It's a cross. Is that right? I mean, it just, it's not, there's conflict, there's war at times. But I, but I want to say, um, just remind you what, to consider Paul's life, and we've, we've read this passage numerous times, the things that he went through so that he would learn to not trust in himself. So our trust is growing. I guarantee you, trust is growing. And it's either growing in yourself, and your reliance on yourself, and your own strength, as subtle as that may be, or it's growing in Christ. He says, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. It takes the sentence of death hanging over you. That means despair at times. That means things don't look good to where you learn to trust. But in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and, both, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. I mean, that's absolute trust. And you think, what, what measures will God have to take us through I mean, look what you, re you can read what all he went, Paul went through, to where we will really learn to trust. Um, and we, we learn trust by allowing God to take us to the edge and seeing that, that and being okay with that. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I like uh, comfort. Most of you, how many really crave the, the, uh, the uncomfortable zone? I went through some uncomfortable things last night and this morning. And I don't wish on anybody. But um, there, there's, there's no growth in our trust relationship apart from aspects of suffering. So, so keep that in mind. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of that. Um, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like teaching, uh, I made references, like teaching a child to, to trust. If you, you ask something of a child that you know is not going to harm the child, but you can look. And I mean, I've got four boys and I, many of other, other kids here. You know, you, you, you know that what you're asking of that child, like how many of your parents now, I haven't been out there, but I suspect they're working with their little ones on the pool out here. Just to, come on, I'm going to catch you, right? You know, the father knows. You're safe, but you don't know. And what is it that stops you from taking the step? Remember um, back in the shop, you know, when uh, John Greening was little, he would, you know, I've said this before, this is before we had a railing on that stairs, it's still there, but you'd have to kind of keep watch on him. If he, if he thinks you were looking, he would, no matter where, he'd just dive to you. And it's like, that was him. I don't know how that happened. I don't know what, it, you know, I didn't, can't take any credit for that. I, I, I do know this. Um, when it came time for him to leave here, that, that, I was reminded of that. He left here, it's, you know, it was not an easy transition. He, he knew he had to do it. But um, that was a confidence booster to me, knowing that yeah, that little guy learned, had something back then that he could trust the father. Yeah. 
to trust the Father. Yes. There was a time when he was young, and we were at the uh, on the island, and he was up in the loft, and he says, "Hi, Dad!" And he jumped, and, and you happened to catch him. Yeah. It was no no warning. Yeah, yeah, that was. You could be a bit foolish in that too, and, and <laughs> I know there's others like that too. They, they just come out with that aspect of just there, there's trust and. and and it's being fine-tuned and being refined. But I would submit to you that, that we're not beyond having to take a leap in trust and faith. And I don't mean just directionlessly. I mean like when God is nudging you and putting his finger on something, it takes, it takes an aspect of courage and trust to, to really abandon yourself. That, that my father's got me. I can trust him. You know, I heard about uh, what you guys went through when I was the wingers, when I was down there. So my heart just was really affected by that. And it's like, it, it takes an aspect of trust. There's uncertainties ahead. It's like, when, when we're never going to grow, outgrow the process that God takes us through to develop and grow trust in us, where he will take us to the edge in areas where we really don't know, when all hope like Paul when he was shipwrecked, all hope is gone. When they despaired even of life, that's when the word of the Lord came to Paul that they would all be saved. And that's frequently when the word comes to us that we'll be saved. When, when anything in my own mind is, 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 I've given up hope naturally and internally and then God can speak and, and, and uh, assure me that he's with me, that he's got He's got our good. That's the kind of father we have. Anyway, are, are we willing to take that kind of a leap and step out with God in areas when we really don't know and are not assured of the outcome? So this is, uh, I read this yesterday. I'll just pick up now where I left off. This is in the Exodus. And Moses dealing with Pharaoh in, uh, in t chapter 10, if you want to turn there. It's just, and Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, he, he had reached the point where he had enough. And go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. He was a pretty good negotiator. I mean, I can understand that, right? I mean, if I was going out like that, I would be negotiating for everything I could get. And here's the key. It says, Our cattle shall also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. And I guess that would... That's key to what I'm trying to convey here tonight. That we know not with which we will, what will be required of us. We just don't know there are certain things that, that God takes us through that we are not assured of the outcome and we will not know what will be required of us if and until we're willing to go out to things. I said this yesterday about um, 
what was the word here? Is it thither or thence? Thither. Until we come thither. You know, he, he didn't know what was needed to serve the Lord until he came to thither. Just, it was an unknown. And um, I think for most, if you think, uh, just stay with me a minute, about thither. Thither is a place where there's a lot of unknowns. It's an unknown country. We have never been there before. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what, what we're gonna, what's going to befall us. There are a lot of unknowns to thither, right? And I can understand Moses being unsure of what was going to be required of him. It's just, I don't know what's, what I'm going to face. Uh, I don't want to come up short, pack up everything, take everything. Right, that makes sense. Like you want, you just don't know, and you want to accumulate in advance so that when you get there, you will have the resources necessary. And and uh, you know, if I was going to a foreign country, um, you know, first I'd be making sure my passport is accurate. Right, if I'm going out to a foreign, thinking I've had a burden for the Glorious tonight, they're in uh, Portugal. You know, even sometimes the nice vacation times, you know, God can get in there and do things. I, I don't know why, but anyway, um, you gotta you gotta really take necessary precautions to prepare in advance if you're going to go to a, another country. And I can understand that, right? Um, you know, you find out what currency there. You get a credit card. Make sure there's no. Uh, some credit cards have fees. For foreign country fees, you don't want to, you don't want to take that credit card, right? Whatever it is, you'd, you'd study the language. Um, you, you would want to be prepared for any unexpected turn of events. And I know there's people. We we have people here that some are very well. Uh, they prepare and they plan. They plan and they plan. And I remember uh, hearing about the story of Mark Dixon, right? He had planned his camping trip. Right over here, good pasture. No, it was a, it's a clear water. But anyway, had all the stuff together. Remember this story? I wasn't there, but I, it's, it's so clear. It makes a point here. Had all the preparation necessary. And, and here, the way we live, I'm not a camper, but I, I know it takes a lot of effort getting up river with all this stuff. They got it all loaded in the canoe, and he shoved off, you know, and we're off. <laughs> And overbalanced the canoe and it upset and there went all the stuff. Everything he planned for. And, you know, and, and we have other people, obviously, here that, that, that um, and I don't want to think of anybody, but they fly by the seat of their pants. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it, it doesn't. And I kind of, I'm kind of in the middle. I, like, I just know there are some things that I've, I've gotten burned on. If I'm going to do it again, I'm going to plan it out thoroughly. Um, you know, we had we did a lot of planning, and I'm, I'm I'm making a point here. I'm kind of over extending this a bit to to, to carry the weight of, of what what here the point being that we don't really know. You you can plan and you can take every necessary precaution, but when it comes to stepping out in the things of God, we don't know. And I want to encourage us to, to, that you would know that that if you're willing to go with Him. He, he, he'll be there. He'll supply whatever is necessary for you and I to make that offering, to present ourselves and our lives as an offering that's pleasing to God. You know, when we came up here, right, we, we spent a lot of time 
planning out the first the first group of us all winter really planning how many hours did we spend on the phone because we we really didn't know what we were in for I just say I did not know or I would have probably said now let's pick another place but God knows but um, Sister Betty's cousin David had been here since the 50s right and he he was quite a resource and he he was he's responsible so for a lot of things that, that we have here that we've been benefited by but we spent a lot of time calling and talking what all we need all this and that so you know <laughs> when you believe you know, we came up here with two little babies and the first thing we run out of is when we got to the properties diapers pampers we had enough pampers to uh, get to the trip and then, then we had to get out our cloth diapers Anyway, um, I thought of another thing. Really, one of the most things that was tested probably was just our long suffering and just working with each other. I mean, at close, at close range. You know, you know, I look back and say, those are things you really want to prepare for in advance. You know, you, you, relationships, you know, don't get caught off guard. But anyway, um, there's an aspect of, of um, spiritually that God is going to send us to a place that called thither, right? And, um, and it's unavoidable. And it's like sooner, whatever that place is in your life, maybe you're there now, whatever, in an intersection or crossroads where, where the Spirit of God is drawing you deeper. You know, don't, don't, don't let fear stop you from taking a step. We, we never outgrow the need to take the next step. I mean, I, I don't, that, that's, I, I hate the thought of becoming stagnant, you know, and becoming indifferent and complacent because of, of the abundance of the blessing of God, rather than staying on the cutting edge and keeping our heart in that mode where we are willing to, to go with Him fully. Um, and I've had some angst about thither and what might be required of me. I have to say that, you know, in some, a few areas. But, um, you know, I, I've said this before just as a reflection that we, we, we need to always safeguard about being a people that would, re, that would require much from God before really willing to offer and yield. That, that people, that, that they're, they're kind of high maintenance to God, I think. That's how he would, he would define those of us like that, that, that always need to know more. Sometimes we just have to be content with the measure that God shows us and be willing to, to go and risk it all, if that's what it means. Risk it all with God in obedience and trust that, that if that's what he wants, um, then he'll provide. Because we, really we really don't know... Um, what's required. I, I remember um, when I was in high school, I, w I, I was working with a guy that eventually led me to the Lord. But all through my senior year, um, yeah, this guy was, was, his life was speaking to me, really, Stanley Over. And I, and I didn't realize how desperate I was, but um, his life was really a testimony. What I saw was real. I see a lot of religiosity that I didn't, you know, it's like it didn't make sense to me, but, but I saw something in him. 
and, and through the relationship uh, uh, that I formed with him, I really felt like the Lord uh, w- was really wanting me to make a step. And it, at this time, it was just to receive the Lord in my heart. And I just remember what a conflict that was for the longest time. And you know, one of the things I was afraid of, it's, it's like stupid now, and God was merciful. And I thought, you know, I'm, I don't want to spoil my senior year, you know, necessarily. That, that seems absurd. And I don't advise it. Right? Like, I mean, what a trade-off. Like, whatever my senior year would have provided for, for, for Christ. But I, but I waited, really, and it wasn't until the end. You know, I, I, my senior year that I finally went, I went forth. Um, me and my, what was my best friend. Um, and received the Lord. But it took a process even then, you know, to having to, because all the things that I thought might be required of me uh, were required of me. I, just, I was no dummy. And it was, it, and I remember how it was a, making that decision for Christ. And I'm saying, when we leave here, we're going to make decisions for Christ. Tomorrow morning, we're going to make a decision to take a step with Christ. Right? You never lose that. But it came, it came at a price, right? Just friendships and activity. And I just, I can remember um, many, many nights just like I'm not going to go out with these, my friends and just going to sit at home. And it's like that. And I tried to read my Bible and that was, that was like a, not, nothing was alive to me. And I just remember, you know, crying out to God and, and eventually, in the process of time, it's like, I guess God was, was waiting to see if I really meant it, if I would go with him, if I would stay the course. And it's like I finally got some traction and look at me now. <laughs> but we, we, we go through seasons like that where, it, you know, when God is growing a trust relationship, it, it can be lonely. Right, it can it can be a very isolated time. That it's hard for somebody even else somebody else to relate to. And like, how can you explain it when when God is dealing deep? But I saw this passage also about um, fence. Um, it says, "But <clears throat> in Nehemiah, but if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you." Cast out unto the utmost parts of heaven, yet I will gather from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name. That thence, that place of thence is also, as lonely as it is, it's a, it's a gathering place. It will never be gathered in until I'm willing to take that step. And that's what he's doing. He's gathering all, all everybody from thence. Wherever that you are in thence, that lonely, isolating place, that's a gathering place that God's going to draw his people together. Um, by faith, <clears throat> by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out unto a place which he should receive, after receive, for inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. I guess that's why they call him the father of faith. That captures the essence of it, right? To, to go out, to go out not knowing. 
I mean, for some of us, it's hard enough going out when we know. Yeah. It's easy to get up for something you have planned out ahead when you, you, you know, you got tickets for it, you got hotel, whatever it is. It's like, but to go out not knowing, to go out with God not knowing, right? There's not much said about his life, really, from uh, up from time he was born to till he was 75 that I could find. This is Abraham, right? Before he went out. But, <clears throat> but I think what, what enabled him to go out really not knowing? Yeah, I just say that so lightly. To go out, just go out not knowing. I don't think so. I would say the 75 years of obscurity that God was growing a relationship of trust. And when the time finally came and the word came that he did not question it. The idea of going out, not knowing is not a comforting thought to me. But I'll say this, I'll never go out not knowing without a strong relationship of trust. Ezekiel 3, and I'll wrap it up with this. I like this passage. It says, And the hand of the Lord was there upon me, and said unto me, Arise, go forth unto the plain, and I will there talk with thee. Well, what do you want to talk about, God? Uh, what are you going to say to me, God? Would that be how we would... Respond like, what's in it for me? Why would I want to do that? Why? Why? Why, Daddy? Right? But, but, but God just says, go. You go first. You go. And then when you get there, when you get thither, right, then I'll speak. And it takes that being willing to go out there first before he speaks. Then I arose and went forth into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there as the glory which I saw at the river Jabbar, and I fell on my face. And I can't, you know, I can't, I would be a fool to guarantee that every time we step out that the glory of the Lord will appear. May, may not. I was, I was thinking perhaps when we step out in trust, Many times the glory of the Lord is there and we don't even recognize it. Perhaps we're looking for something else. And it's right there before us. We don't, we don't sense it. But I can say that if we step out in the face of unknowns, our relationship of trust go, grows. And that's what it's all about. God is bringing and putting us through the paces to grow a relationship of trust. So if the Holy Spirit is nudging you in any area tonight or recently to step towards fence. Um, now I hope you won't be afraid. Right? I hope you can do some business with God, negotiate whatever, to, to wrestle down any, any doubt, any fear, to know that, that if He's requiring that of you, if He's calling you out further, that He'll be there. He's not going to disappoint. He's not going to let you down. That's just, that is the faithfulness of a God that we serve.
Now the Lord, uh, if we knew where we were going, we probably wouldn't have come. If we knew it had been this, and you know, I, I, it's kind of an inexplicable how we got here at times. But I'm, I'm always, I'm, I've been really cheered up by um, the, those who are processed and I get to see him in the middle of the process because it kind of looks like me. Uh, and, and Job, who had, had some severe problems, obviously, but he was the most righteous. Now think about this. And here's what he had. I'm, I'm going to jump in the middle of Job 7. It's a terrible thing there. He, he talks about he would rather choose choking. He says, you haunt me with dreams. But in verse 14 of 7, he says, Then thou scarest me with dreams and terrify me through visions, so that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than my life. And that, that could be ahead of us, that, that the processing of dying, because if you, don't, if you and I don't come to the place where we genuinely hate our life and our... our compelled by the Spirit of God in a broken and contrite heart, we can't grow. Because some of the, the things that are ahead of us, you know, and I can sound confident here, it, it's another cup of tea when you're there uh, going through it. But listen to what he went through. My soul chooses, I'd rather strangle. I loathe it. I would... I would live away. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. Ever said to God, would you just leave me alone? I mean, what a day. And then he says, what is man that thou should magnify him, and that thou should set thy heart upon him? I was blessed with the, with the psalm tonight. Because I remember going over the, the of, of scripture, and I, I, I looked through it to see if I could find the place, Gabe. But you are his. And he can do with you what pleases him. It pleased him to wound, <laughs> I mean, to, to allow his son to go through that. And so God is, God is really for us because he knows at the end of this, it, you know, what we receive is so wonderful. But uh, I'm just talking about being in the middle of it. And that, that you set your heart in and that thou shouldst visit him every morning and try him every moment. Until we realize that it's, it's every day. Tomorrow, I don't know what's happening. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be so quick to go rolling off here and rolling, you know, even the expense might stop it, but the nonsense on the road was bad too. But you're, you have a heavy, impossible task if you try to do it. And, and Richard's point is, you know, um, here, we don't know. If you knew, it wouldn't be faith. And he says, how long will thou, will thou not depart from me? This is Job talking to God. 
nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle. I have sinned, what shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me as a mark against thee, so that I'm a burden to myself, and why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? Well, he has. He was in that and didn't know it. And I just want to suggest this as we close here tonight. The, there are such, such wonderful things in store for you with whatever is terrible or whatever the process is. And so the, the, the point Richard made is don't shrink back. God has no pleasure in this. He's, he's enveloped the world. I mean, you walk out some early morning by yourself and and, and, and look at the, the, the beauty that surrounds us. And, and the absolute, uh, it's antithetical, it's not gonna stay this way. That we're gonna have a new heaven and a new earth. And, and, and I like the work that he's done to, to such a degree now, don't you? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I mean, have you looked at the sunsets uh, in, in the evenings here? And, and, and are the mornings with the presence of his mercy. You belong to him. I belong to him. And he's after you every moment. We're not gonna slip away with anything that, that he doesn't, doesn't like. And the sooner we get that, the better off we are. And you know, I've thought, you know, Maybe, maybe because I'm old. Maybe because I'm uh, one foot in the grave and another one on a banana peel that I, you know. But whatever, I'm, I'm still looking for 90. Or whatever it is. And you, you and I control nothing that's in front of us. And, and so, this, this business of trust is mine because you can't please him without faith. And faith grows to a place where you are absolute. And you have been through things, every one of you, that, and you have, you know, the thing that's important to have this inside. This trust is inside you regardless of, of, of what comes. And he, he concludes it. And he says, taking away iniquity. For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. Here is this great man of God, the, the most righteous man, whining and complaining about his condition. So don't be hard on yourself. When you, when you don't have the language, you don't have the heart, you don't have the get up to do anything, and you will absolutely have to know that there's one inside you that will take you home. He will take you to the next step. You know, you say, have you ever said, when is this going to end? Or when is this over? And uh, we don't know. And that's what makes it worth the trip. Thank you, Lord, for this night. And we have uh, stopped. We've hit the brakes hard. We've done a U-turn. We've taken detours. 
We've taken our own way and we hid from you as though we thought we could. And the foolishness of all this has come to, to nothing for us. But you haven't left us, great one. Your everlasting love is uh, forever. You hold us. Help us this night to take this to heart and walk with you for Jesus' sake. I don't know what you got out of the night tonight. I got a, a, just a good confirmation. You're mine with the song. This is a very, very thick uh, praise service. There wasn't much wasted at all, did you think? Yes. And it's good, and it prepared our hearts for that.